Demi Lovato's Wonderful Christmas Time is one of my favorite iterations of that song. Not only are her vocals just supreme, the creme de la creme, just iconic, but it has a really good beat and she's a Disney queen. And I don't know if she recorded this specific song during her Disney like queen bee days, um, but I'm here for it. And it also the fact that we're so close to Christmas season is literally just giving me life. And one of our stories today has to do with, of course, Miss Demi Lovato herself. And it's a great story. So I thought, you know, why not start out today's episode off with that particular <gasps> number? Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. It's Andrew Dimitri, the mistress of pop culture. Happy Thursday, Thursday, everybody. I don't even know if you guys are still doing Thursday, Thursday, but that was like the biggest day ever when I was in college, like going to the bars, having a fun time with friends. <laughs> um... And I miss it. It's a, it's a, you know, really nostalgic thinking about Thirsty Thursdays. And I myself, you know, when I was in college, I had a much higher tolerance than I do now. Like, literally, I have one shot now and I'm on the ground for, like, a week. I, I can't even operate. But I used, to, I used to down, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, like, Burnett's vodka, the really, really cheap alcohol that people would get in college and, you know, you, like, had to live off of a budget. <laughs> um, and Goldschlager, like, the vodka with, like, little pieces of gold. And I thought it was so bougie, like, drinking it. And it, like, cut your throat. Like, cut you really messed up. I was like, what am I doing? But anyways, that's all I had to say. It was, like, the time of my life. And I literally love that song so much. And... Yeah, but aside from that, not much is new since we last chatted. Since, in fact, I did record my last episode this morning. I obviously record my episodes in the evening going on to the next day because that is when I am uh, at my best. I work best in the evening nights. Uh, That makes no sense. I work best in the evenings. Um, I'm a night guy for sure. Uh, a night owl? What are they called? Not a more A night owl, I guess. I also just watched episode two of The Undoing, which was fabulous. Just more and more scandal unraveling uh, with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant and the fabulous cast. By the way, I'm so excited because there's an actress who's on this new CBS show that actually one of my friends John works on, which is really great. Um, I forget what the CBS show is called. Oh, it's called Be Positive. And it's starring some guy and this actress named Annalie Ashford. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Annalie Ashford. First and foremost, she comes from Broadway, which means she's supremely talented. She's an incredible voice. She's really funny. And I, she was in an episode of uh, The Undoing, which is why I'm talking about her. Also, she's in Ryan Murphy's new Monica Lewinsky trial, the Clinton thing. That's going to be fabulous. Also, she comes from this Broadway musical called Legally Blonde. And she played Margot, who is one of the three besties of Elle. She's just really good. And it's always exciting to me when these Broadway actors who I have followed for years and years and years are literally blowing up into superstars. And it makes me really happy because I love to see when talented people just blow up. Their careers blow up. It makes me really happy. It's so deserving. And it's just one of the greatest things ever. Um, I'm sure many of you have watched Emily in Paris. That actress, Asian actress, Ashley Park, she comes from Broadway too. She was Gretchen Wieners and Mingos on Broadway. She's in The King and I. She has an incredible roster of, of musicals that she has under her belt. She's from the University of Michigan. So and that's one of the top tier musical theater schools. And I'm literally the biggest fan ever, super fan. So it's just great. When my Broadway actors are stars, it's, there's, everybody wins. So, yeah, so exciting. But everybody, watch HBO Max's The Undoing. It's fabulous. It's um, by David E. Kelly, who, of course, is the creator, showrunner, whatever, something to do with Big Little Lies, some big head honcho with that show. And obviously, it's with Nicole Kidman, who's just one of my favorite actresses ever. Uh, of course, the first project I ever saw her in, <laughs> excuse me, I saw her in Cold Mountain, but... For me, Moulin Rouge is everything and more. It, it, it really is a... That film, I identify so much. I, I associate that film with a really important part of my life. Um, I think 7th, 8th grade? 7th and 8th grade, yeah. But it was a... It was a it's a big movie. Okay, anyways, um, so I have five great stories for you today. And um, I guess we'll just get right into it. Uh, our first story has to do... It's a sad subject, but... Um, it's just a little bit of an update on what's been going on with regards to the late, great, 
beautiful Naya Rivera. Uh, this story is from E! News. Naya Rivera's ex, Ryan Dorsey, files wrongful death lawsuit on behalf of her son, Josie. Uh, Naya Rivera's five-year-old son, Josie Hollis Dorsey, and her estate filed a single lawsuit against the County of Ventura, United Water Conservation District, and Parks and Recreation Management, otherwise known as Parks Management Company, PMC, in California's Ventura, uh, excuse me, in California's Ventura Superior Court on Tuesday, November 17th which was yesterday, but two days ago, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Um, Through his father and legal guardian, Ryan Dorsey, Josie asserted two causes of action in the lawsuit, wrongful death and negligent infliction of emotional distress. In regard to the first cause of action, court documents obtained by E! News claim, quote, Josie has suffered substantial economic and non-economic damages as a result of Naya's death. As for the second cause um, of action in the lawsuit, the documents allege Josie suffered, quote, serious emotional distress as a result of being at the scene where his mother drowned. I mean, that to me is, uh, aside from losing Naya herself, like, I I cannot even imagine. My heart sinks um, for him and and, and what he, I, I, I can't, I can't even talk about it because it's, it's just so devastating to think about. Uh, through personal representative Justin Steigmeyer, the estate also started a survival cause of action in the lawsuit. Per the court documents, he brought this claim to, quote, recover the loss or damage that Naya sustained or incurred before death, including any penalties or punitive exemplary damages that Naya would have been entitled to had she lived. According to the paperwork, the plaintiffs are requesting a jury trial. It also said they're seeking, quote, actual compensation compensation, consequential, and punitive damages in the amounts to be fixed at trial, reasonable attorney's fees, and costs available by law, prejudgment, and post-judgment interest, and any further relief as the court deems appropriate. I mean, I, I, uh, I totally understand why they're filing this lawsuit. It, it's, it's devastating and for her son, you know? And Naya, of course, was his provider, and I know he has a dad, and I believe his dad is an actor, too. I'm not familiar with his work, but I obviously, many of us knew Naya from Glee, and she had been working since she was a kid. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see what the outcome is, what the jury rules, or what the verdict is. So, yeah, but my love to their family still, especially this time around the holidays. Um, in our second story of the day, we're going to hop over to a little bit of crown news because I'm literally all about the crown and it's a hot, hot, hot story right now because season four just came out on Netflix, which is fabulous. And I watched it in literally like two days, <laughs> five and five. Um, uh, Emma Corrin, uh, Emma Corrin, who played the just uh, carbon copy, incredible, just fabulous performance of Princess Diana. Uh, Emma Corrin reacts to backlash over portrayal of Princess Diana in The Crown. Again, this is from E! News. Emma Corrin hopes that The Crown viewers can appreciate the show for what it is. The 24-year-old actress was a guest on Tamron Hall on Monday, November 16th, to discuss her role as Princess Di on the newly released fourth season of the Emmy-winning Netflix series. During the appearance, the host asked Corrin about the recent reports that the royal family and members of the British Parliament are displeased with the series depiction of Diana's marriage to Prince Charles that ended in a highly publicized divorce. Quote, it's a difficult one, Corrin said about the situation. Quote, I think for everyone in The Crown, we always try to remind everyone that the series that we're in is fictionalized to a great extent. Obviously, it has its roots in reality and some in fact, but Peter Morgan's scripts are works of fiction. The British actress acknowledged that it's valid for some viewers to have trouble accepting the liberties that were taken with a narrative about a real-life figure as beloved as Diana. Okay, I'm going to pause really quick. For me, it's, it's really difficult because... Throughout the course of season four, and I know many other people are doing this as well, when you see the interviews with Diana and Charles um, on the show, I go to YouTube right away and watch the real-life versions of it, and they're very 
very similar. Uh, the body language, the, the words, the, the way Charles just seems very distant and cold towards Diana. So I think for me, Peter Morgan, who's the writer of the show, that's grounded in reality. What I do think is obviously fictionalizes me to the private conversations that Princess Diana had with Charles. For example, they're in Australia on the tour and they were in the house. Like, how would anybody know what really went on? It was just them. I mean, Princess Diana, of course, has accounted for certain conversations and experiences that she has had. I mean, the infamous conversation, the interview where she says there was three in the marriage, so it became a little really crowded. That interview always gives me chills. But I do think... I do understand why the British royal family is, of course, uh, in some way, maybe it's a bad taste in their mouths about this, but I also believe that everything has to be sensationalized when it's turned into a television series because it has to draw on viewers and drama and whatnot. But I understand why the, you know, the Queen's probably a little pissed. She's probably like, what the hell? But can you imagine Queen E just, like, kicking up her heels, like, watching Netflix with Prince, um, what's his name? Prince Philip. Like, they're probably like, what's our Netflix login? Like, can you imagine? I wonder if, like, the Queen puts on her credit card bill or Parliament pays for it or the taxpayers pay for their Netflix subscription. I can't even imagine, but it's so funny. Okay, anyways, I'm going to continue back to this article. (gasps) At the same time, I understand, quote, sorry, this is her quote from Tamara, oh, from Emma to Tamron. At the same time, I understand why people would be upset because this is history, she continued. And even with Diana, it's still very much fresh. I suppose everything that happened. So I do really understand that people would be upset. We approach these people that we play as characters, which is why it's such a joyous job because Peter writes such rich and complex characters. And as an actor, it's such a joy to really bring a lot to them. Um, Corin previously told E! News that she initially found it daunting to consider portraying Prince William and Prince Harry's late mother. Ultimately, Corin was able to convince herself that she's playing the character. Um, and then to finish off, the, this is the Crown's version of Diana. She said, that really changed it for me. It doesn't remove the pressure and the responsibility that I feel, but it made it more manageable to do that role. Yeah, I totally understand it. I can't even imagine the pressure that comes with playing such an iconic role like Princess Di, but she did a fabulous job, and she's an incredible actress, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the future of this young actress. She has a bright, bright career. She's very talented, beautiful, uh, and just incredible with the craft, and that's what's most important, so love it. Now, uh, first show of the day, uh, going off of The Crown, some royal news as well. Prince William reacts to BBC investigation into famous Princess Diana interview. This is also for me news, and obviously, Princess Diana's really um, relative to the news right now because of The Crown, but I think... She's just such a fascinating fixture in the world of pop culture, in the news, just in all facets of her life. Um, but let's read the story because I actually haven't read the story. I saw the headline. I was like, okay, this is going to be something great to talk about in the world dissect after. Prince William is weighing in after a BBC reporter was accused of forging, oh my gosh, documents in order to secure an explosive interview with Princess Diana in 95. Journalist Martin Bashir allegedly used fake bank statements to persuade Diana to agree to be interviewed in BBC Panorama. The accusations caused the media organization to hire independent investigators to, quote, get the truth of the infamous royal interviewer, appointing former Supreme Court judge Lord Dyson to lead the mission. Wow. The Duke of Cambridge is said to be, quote, tentatively welcoming the investigation. In a statement released by Kensington Palace and obtained by E! News on November 18th, Prince William said, quote, the independent investigation is a step in the right direction. The 38-year-old dad added, quote, It should help establish the truth behind the actions that led to the Panorama interview and subsequent decisions taken by those in the BBC um, at the time. William was about 13 years old when his mom's Panorama interview came out. BBC Director General Tim Davey vowed that the BBC is, quote, determined to get to the bottom of it. This is why we have commissioned an independent investigation, he said. Lord Dyson is an eminent and highly respected figure who will lead a thorough process. During the broadcast, Diana shockingly called Camilla Parker Bowles the, quote, third person in her marriage with Prince Charles. That was the interview I was literally just referring to, and I watched that on YouTube today. Um, she also admitted to an affair with James Hewitt, who has continued to deny rumors that he fathered Prince Harry. 
Um, in addition, it was recently revealed by Diana's astrologer that Charles told Diana the night before their wedding that he didn't really love her. The investigation comes as the British royal family is dominating news for another reason, the new season of The Crown, just at Netflix, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that Prince William and the family are going, you know, getting to the bottom of whatever this case is, because obviously they, they don't want to be exposed. It's not right. But they, I just, I just, I can't even imagine being them. They're literally so famous. They're always in the headlines, albeit uh, good or bad news. Meghan Markle, of course, very recently, but now the crown. So I wonder if they ever just want to like kick back and relax. Like how does the queen, she is a strong, she's literally a queen because she's in her nineties. She is just crushing it. She's fabulous. She's working hard, she's still working, doing her duties. And if you watch the crown, um, Claire Foy and then uh, Olivia Coleman's. uh, what do you call it? What is the word, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess mo- they're modeling the queen to be this vessel, this like incredibly hardworking vessel who is literally always following her duty to the crown, like always working and just doing the damn thing. So yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. But you know, Princess Diana is, was like the, uh, 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 I don't want to say modern day, but like the original, the OG Kim Kardashian, just a just so I mean Kim's not quote unquote royalty and I don't say that to be shady but Princess Diana was obviously married into a royal family Kim is royal by like my standards like she's a queen she's like a pop culture queen so that therefore like she's royal but Princess Diana was like literally royal with like jewels and stuff um and she was a princess duh um but yeah and she produced little heirs um but yeah I don't know I just I, I I'm so fascinated by royalty the monarchy and I just hope this all gets sorted out because William and Harry deserve some peace um peace at last I would love it if they're on the crown though but like literally can you imagine if the crown I bet. I wonder if like Meghan and Harry are watching uh, while they're hauled up in their palace in Montecito, California. If they're watching the crowd, I'm sure they are, and it's probably fabulous. But I can't even imagine how great. Okay. Anyways, um, that's a little bit of you know royal news for the day. Okay. Fifth story of the day, um, and also the reason why I decided to start this episode off with a fabulous Demi Lovato song. Um, this is from E News. Oh, please don't x out of this, Dapari. I will cry. Demi Lovato shaves her head in daring makeover. I saw this picture on Instagram, and I was like, yes, queen. Um, you have to be confident to pull off going both blonde and semi-bald in one week. Demi Lovato once again makes up her hairstyle, debuting a newly shaved head on Instagram on Wednesday, November 18th. Um, in a move right out of Hazley's playbook, Demi revealed her cropped undercut with a photo of the back of her head as she wore a black leather jacket. The 28-year-old musician captioned the look, quote, I did the thing, to which Ruby Rose responded, yes, you did it. The image was taken by Demi's photographer, Angelo Criticos, who wrote on Instagram, quote, already obsessed with this new era, and teased, who wants to see the front? Now, we're just wondering, we're as an E, if the haircut is a sign that the very, quote, vulnerable seventh album is on the way, and its aesthetic is just as edgy case in point. Fans went wild on Twitter speculating that Demi is, quote, entering a bangers era with a rebellious crop not unlike Miley Cyrus's. Um, yeah, it's a really chic haircut. I'm loving it. I'm loving edgy, edgy Demi. Demi. Demi is so cool. Like, all of her looks, she's the most flawless skin, by the way. Her eyebrows are out of control. I can't even handle them. I want them so bad. And she is just... She's a queen. I love her tattoos, and I love her haircut. It's really cool. I love blonde. It's like the one color I wish I could do, but I'm very brown, so I don't know how it would look on me. Maybe it would look really great. I, ha- I-, I have to try going, like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dye my hair blonde. I think I am, because, like, literally, there's no time like the present, and I have nothing else. Like, like I just want to be blonde, and I've been, like, orange, like, but blonde is just cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Because literally, blondes have more fun. Like, Paris, Kim was blonde. I love when Kylie's blonde. Demi's blonde. All my girls are blonde. So, yeah. Okay. And now we bring ourselves to our final, fifth and final, sixth and final, fifth and, what, one, 
two, three, four, five. Fifth and final story of the day. A really good story. A story that I'm so excited about because I'm such a Marvel freak and I love movies and I love cinema and I love Gal Gadot. This is from Deadline. Wonder Woman 1984 going to theaters and HBO Max on Christmas Day. Deck the halls with bells of holly. I love the movie industry. Okay, obviously we know right now that the movie industry is kind of like in a weird place in limbo because nobody's going to movie theaters because there's no vaccine out and nobody wants to go to movie theaters because it's way too risque. Except in Europe, I think. Um... But anyways, let's read this together, shall we? Warner Brothers has made the Wonder Woman 1984 December 25th and day at the 20, December 25th day and date theatrical slash HBO Max release official. Warner Media CEO Jason Killar released a note about the media conglom's wild decision. Director Patty Jenkins also tweeted confirmation of the news after this afternoon, yesterday afternoon, saying a part quote: "At some point, you have to choose to share any love and joy you have to give over everything else." We love our movie as we love our fans, so we truly hope our film brings a little bit of joy and reprieve to all of you this holiday season. Uh, Wonder Woman um, 1984 gets an international theatrical release whenever, wherever theaters are open on December 16th. HBO Max isn't charging an additional amount to subs like Disney, uh, Disney Plus like Mulan, by the way. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, HBO Max. I love HBO Max. Um, I haven't watched Mulan yet because I didn't want to pay the extra 30 bucks. I mean, I would, but it's not like worth it to me. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it to be me, but, like, Disney has so... I, be, I, I firmly believe that Disney has more money than HBO. It's Disney. So, like... But I also understand that Disney is not making the revenue that, they're, that they would usually make in a given year because their parks are closed. Rightfully so. So, yeah, I totally get it. But um, this is what uh, Patty Jenkins, the director, tweeted, um, who also directed the first one, too. Um, okay. The time has come. At some point, you have to choose to share any love and joy you have to to give over everything else. We love our movie as we love our fans, so we truly hope that our film brings a little bit of joy and reprieve to all of you this holiday season. Watch it in theaters where it is made safe to do so. Check out the great work theaters have done to make it so. And available in the safety of your home on HBO Max where it is not. Happy holidays to all of you. We hope you enjoy our film as much as we enjoyed making it. Yeah, um, I'm going to be watching it on my TV because I'm going to actually be in Florida for the holidays because that's where I'm going. Um, and I'm really excited to watch it because I love Gal Gadot, Chris Pine's in it, Pedro Pascal. Ugh, love him. And, um, uh, yeah, the likes of... I remember in the first Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot, the guy who played Lupin was in it. He was the villain. He was so good. He was, uh, uh, Atlas. No, he wasn't Zeus. He was the evil brother. Um, and also, uh, Robin Wright was in it. Robin Wright Penn. Well, formerly Robin, Robin Wright Penn, but now Robin Wright was in it, and she was just fantastic. Um... She played Gal Gadot's mother. So, no, no, she played Gal Gadot's, like, fighter trainer. So I'm stoked. Very, very good work. And I know it's really probably a huge financial blow because they probably put a lot of movie and they, they bank on these Marvel movies to obviously, um, you know, keep them afloat. But unprecedented times. But you know what? It's all for the good of uh, the people. And I think the fans are going to love it. And I'm so excited because I remember watching this trailer, I think, last year, 2019, summer. Uh, I saw the first trailer. It was supposed to come out in May of... Uh, 2020? No, May of 2019. No, it's supposed to go into May of 2020. That's right. But obviously it was delayed because of everything. Um, but yeah, those are my, uh, those are some good stories, I think. I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn or anything. But yeah. So yeah, those are our stories of the day. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can catch, uh, you can listen to my, I was going to say you can watch, you can listen to my, my podcast on HBO Max <laughs> one day. No, but you can um, stream my podcast, Mysteries of Pop Culture on um Spotify, Castbox Radio, Pocket Casts, 
you know, basically anywhere podcast stream, the iTunes app, uh, the podcast app on the iPhone, Radio Public, and the likes of basically anywhere podcast stream. Uh, we're in a global pandemic, everybody, so wear your masks, wash your hands, and social distance. Be kind to one another because we were in politically heightened times. Um, and what else do I have to talk about? I don't know. I'm excited for a, a nice Thursday. This week went by kind of quick. I got to get my hair cut this week because I'm going home. And I think all the hair salons, well, all the hair salons in Massachusetts are like great, but they're not as good as LA because in LA, they really know how to cut man's hair. They don't make me chic. But next, I don't know, next time I talk, maybe I'm going to be bleached blonde because I kind of want to go blonde, but I don't know. All right, everybody, have a good one. Thank you so much. Uh, love you dearly. And uh, chat with you soon.